Welcome to The Raz Project, a podcast covering no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered rags to riches stories from amazing human beings around the world with emphasis on life, personal development, family tech, and marketing. Of course, I'm your host, Ivan Temokov, and I hope that you weren't expecting anybody else. By the way, down below, if you're watching in video, we are currently streaming on Facebook Live, uh, Twitch, YouTube, LinkedIn Live, and Periscope. There is a number that you will see, 314-916-4875. Feel free to text me at any any time and i will be joined by my co-host uh courtney turner here shortly but uh while we're waiting on her to jump on here guys you know this is going to be a doozy of an episode okay it's going to be a doozy of an episode because there's so much going on this year alone and I, i think it's time to talk about it you know right now with what's happening in texas with the snow that they got to the uh, electrical out, uh, electricity outages and, and rolling blackouts and uh, food shortages. You know, a lot of people are struggling right now. You know, there's a lot of difficulties, but there's a lot of people who are being delusional also. Completely, completely delusional. So, um, and, you know, with that being said, you know, that's one thing that I want to cover uh, today. Again, if this is your first time tuning into uh, the Roz Project. The Roz Project is available in audio and video. In video, you can find it on Periscope, on Twitch, on LinkedIn Live, on uh, YouTube, and on my Facebook profile, on my Facebook page, and the Human Marketing Alliance Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, then you need to. And then in audio, it's this particular episode will be available later today. You can grab it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Um, let's see if I forgot any of them. So, um, and if you enjoyed the show, if you're an Apple user specifically, I would appreciate it if you dropped a review on the podcast. I'm telling you guys, this is going to be a doozy of a fucking episode. And thus far, we have had amazing, amazing guests. So the Roz Project is now six years running. Six years. But I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like the biggest leap of the show has happened probably in the last one to two years. The biggest leap meaning that some of the best guests uh, that have been on the show have been on the show within the last one to two years. I know last couple of guests that I did. So um, I did an interview that I'm very excited to bring to you guys with a psychic who absolutely blew my mind away. And I, I got to be honest with you. I don't generally believe in psychics, to be honest with you. But this particular person, you know, just completely, completely, completely blew my mind away. Okay, so that's one episode you need to be on the lookout for. And then uh, also another episode that I did with Karen, who is the founder of the Financial Recovery Institute. We talked about why money, money matters and how so many people have a complete, complete, complete misconception when it comes to money. Okay, so these are two key episodes that are going to be out here within the next I want to say two to four weeks, roughly. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified, whether it's in audio or in video. You can subscribe on my YouTube channel so every time we go live, you can watch one of these new episodes live or you can watch the recorded version as well, whatever you choose to do. Uh, one story I want to share with you guys, actually, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny, okay? And... Um, I, I finally was able to put, you know, some uh, closure to this. I should say some rhyme and reason, really. So uh, we moved into the house that we're currently in almost two years ago, uh, a year and a half ago, to be more precise. And we noticed that on the outside of the house, uh, right where the, uh, the roof is, is there was like a hole in there. And so this hole was like fairly large. It looks like a critter had gotten in there. And... Um, what, what we were wondering is, you know, uh, where the whole came, uh, came from. So long story short, I finally realized and found out that it was actually a squirrel 
and found out that that squirrel was actually getting through the front porch. I was able to find this out simply because I saw the footsteps and the tracks in the snow, in the nearly foot of snow that we've got. And ladies and gentlemen, I actually have my co-host Courtney, uh, who's on right now. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on, and I'll finish the story here in just a second. Courtney, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Doing all awesome. right. Awesome. So it's Friday, right? So uh, that's that, that's that's a good thing. I know a lot of people look forward to Friday, and um, you know it's end of the week. So how how has your week been? What what you been up to? What you been working on? It, it's been super super busy. I had several podcasts each day. I had um, you know I'm launching Truth Matters, so we've been really mm -hmm. busy with that. I'm pushing uh, yeah. up an article today to launch. So yeah, I've been super busy. So that's awesome. That's awesome. How's the weather out by you guys? Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's uh, 59 degrees. It's sunny. I, yeah, very nice. <laughs> okay. I have to say I'm completely jealous because I went from sub-zero to singles to teens to, you know what? It's almost 30 degrees today, so we consider that a warm-up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, maybe short t-shirt weather. Right, exactly. It's like I put on my T-shirt. I'm like, you know what? It's about time to break out the swimming trunks, maybe. You know, this is like a 20-degree warm-up, right? But it's crazy. It's crazy, like, these inclement temperatures that we've been having over here in the Midwest. And, and, and in fact, uh, I, I know you've heard about this, is that Houston got snow for the first yeah. time ever. And it's yeah. just like, like, it's so mind-boggling, though, because, like, you know, uh, a lot of people are talking about like, you know, climate change and global warming and all of that right now. It's like, it's global right. warming. can you see how warm it is? The polar <laughs> vortex, it must be global warming. <laughs> right, right. So uh, it's really interesting with so much, you know, going on in the news right now because, you know, they're facing a lot of, you know, electricity out outages, rolling blackouts and all yeah. of that because, you know, they really never had that infrastructure, you know, for that. They they never invested into it because you just don't get that kind of inclement weather, you know, in Houston until now. And yeah. now people are really just, you know, suffering, you know, because they're trying to, you know, make do to trying to survive. I know uh, some people haven't had power in four days. They haven't had running wow. water, you know, it's food shortages bad. also now because it's just like, you know, it's so chaotic. But um you know, it makes you kind of be, makes you realize how much more grateful you should be for what you have, right? It's totally. like, woke, woke up today, that's a win, you know? So what, what happens the rest of the day, I'm sure I'll make it, but I'm alive. You know, my, my heart's beating, you know, my, 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 my eyes are open. Speaking of eyes, how are you doing? How's your eye doing? It's not doing well. It, it's super swollen. Um, yeah, it's really, it's painful. Last night it was, like, mm -hmm. really itchy. Um, I've been soaking it. It was getting better, and then mm -hmm. as of last night, it just started getting worse again. Um, yeah. I've, I've got to find a doctor who is uh, reasonable and, uh, yeah. you know, isn't going to call the, uh, I guess they're called peace officers, which is, like, an oxymoron if I ever heard of one. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't put me in like some dystopian Orwellian, uh, you know, scenario. So yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm hoping for that. Possibly. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting. You said peace officer. It makes me wonder if like the government literally had to carve out a specific division to call the division of peace officers, right? Like, <laughs> and that that's their sole purpose. Like, they're gonna focus on peace offering. So it's like, okay, the, did the police become redundant? I guess, or is this just another well, way to spend more money? <laughs> The, yeah, it's a way to spend more money, and uh, these peace officers circled me and started screaming. They literally, they circled me, and they started screaming, comply, comply, you must comply. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it, it was That horrible. is crazy. That yeah, is yeah. crazy. You know, you know, it's it's so, so speaking of this, I'm sorry, and, and, and I hope your eye gets better. I know you've been battling for here a while, and uh, truly, truly hope that it does get better, but speaking of that, it's like, you know, as I try, I traveled a couple weeks ago down to Houston, actually, ironically enough. And uh, let's just say that when you're like traveling down south, it's like 
it's a different experience because of what's going on with the pandemic. It's like, you know, the restrictions, I mean, the restrictions are still there at the airport, obviously, you have to wear a mask and get on the plane and stuff. But then once you get down into the South, it's like, I can know most of Houston and Texas is, Texas is like, what's a mask? You know, it's like, I'm like, okay. You know, it, it's like, it's almost like a different yeah. country, right? It, and it, like, it, it's America. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> Right, it, it, it's it's really America, like a different country, you know. Free to do what they right. do, right for them. Yeah. Right, right, and so, but it was really interesting. Of course, I wasn't looking as much forward to traveling back up to the Midwest into cold weather after it was like you know sixty degrees two three weeks ago in Houston, and coming back to St. Louis in like twenty five degree weather. I was like, really? That's when what I've noticed is what's crazy about what's happening with this weather is so my wife's been getting headaches so she gets migraines anyway but she gets headaches and the headaches got more frequent like as over the last probably last month that I would remember and so i really st started to look for a pattern i was like like why are these headaches happening and when are they happening specifically mm -hmm. well what i discovered is that every time that she would get a headache or she was about to get a headache it was because of a temperature change it would get it would go from like you know we've been like lingering 40 degrees like early january and then would drop to like 20 degrees in like 24 hours and then like it'll be cold for like a couple of days and then it'll bounce back up and that's why i believe that a lot of people that come to st louis or move to the midwest actually develop allergies because of the changes in the barometric pressure yeah and like, I actually, believe it or not, I do get mild headaches now, and I've never gotten them before. And I actually, that's why I was looking for kind of the constant behind it, because I was like, wait, I've never gotten headaches, ever. And I've lived, mind you, I mean, I've lived in sub-zero Russian, like, winters as a right. kid, you know, and I've also lived, like, 100-plus degree weather outside. <laughs> so, bless you. Know? You. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, I've gone, you know, polar side of the spectrum right from one end to the other basically sure. has never affected me and then like i realized that it's like it, it really is that barometric pressure shift like my my ears will start popping i'll get like light headaches also i'm like and it's really weird courtney because you know you become questionable right you become questionable like why am i suddenly getting these headaches like where are they coming from like what is the root of these headaches what is the the problem and and how how can you find a solution to the problem right mm -hmm. and so but speaking of that you know um and, and again I, I truly hope you find a good doctor because it's you know my, it's my good eye i'm like it's really scary yeah, yeah. and for yeah. doctors to treat me that way knowing that you know i don't use the other eye is just i i think it's really unethical yeah it is I, I agree with you. You know, I'm, I think I told you offline when we're chatting this morning that the reason why I actually don't see my general, general practitioner is that every time I go every year, mind you, I do get my physical because it's part of a routine thing with the insurance that we have to do, especially the really cranking down on that, which I get, you know, that's okay. I'll do the routine, you know, physical. But every time I go and see the general practitioner, she's yeah. like, well, you're getting older and you need to do X, Y, Z and this, and this is wrong with you. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, suddenly everything's wrong with me. Like, you know, I, I feel fine, you know, but yeah. of course, you know, that could be an assumption too. That's why I guess you go see a doctor. But like, what I dislike is being told that, like, suddenly, uh, you know, I, I need to check this, you know, I need to check that. I need to get this kind of an exam, prostate, like all, it's like, like, really? I mean, is it really old age or is it like her purpose of trying to find a fucking problem with me just so she can bill me and mind you what i what really aggravates me when i go to the doctor is you know you pay your copay right so yeah. it, mine is usually like 25 dollars, but like you know we'll get a statement because my wife working at the hospital gets a statement for insurance and on the statement uh you know it'll say okay well here's you know how much the insurance paid out and what's your balance and stuff like that it's just mainly for information purposes and i'm looking at him like doctor's visit 250 dollars like what the fuck like i was there for 15 minutes you charged me 25 bucks and you're billing the insurance 250 dollars for what yep 
Like for 15 minutes of like just chit chatting, and mind you, it has gotten so bad that last year actually we did a couple of visits actually virtually because the healthcare space is finally, I feel like they're a decade behind realizing that technology can be used for healthcare purposes. Surprise, surprise there. So we did like virtual visits, virtual checkups. Yeah. And those are $250 too. Luckily, yeah. Yeah, literally. I'm just like, uh, mind you, we don't pay those out of pocket because we pay our copay, but the insurance pays it out. So guess what happens? It turns back around to you as the consumer, and then they raise your premiums that way and say, well, you know, it's just a standard price hike. Right. Like, what do you mean? It costs them more to sit for 15 minutes? Literally? Or does it cost more to open up their brain and actually be a little bit more strategic? Like... Like that infuriates me, literally. Maybe that's why I avoid the general practitioner because like it's always bad news, I feel like. There's like never any good news. It's like, what about like, you know, I quit smoking 15 years ago. You know, what about like, you know, I, I, I've been a fitness guru. Well, I shouldn't say guru. Fitness aficionado. Let's use a better word. A fitness aficionado for quite a while now. Yeah. How about I've been a cyclist for eight years? Like, doesn't that shit count for something? You would think. Well, you know, you're no longer in your 20s, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't even get me started with doctors, honestly. Like, I even hate the dentist, honestly, because, of course, I know I need to go to a dentist. Let's just say that that, that aspect, I, I didn't get lucky as an Eastern European. But everything else, going to, like, the general practitioner and stuff. In fact, I joke with my wife. I'm like, I truly hope our kids get your teeth, okay? Because, like, you go to the doctor maybe once per year. And he'll say, no cavities. Like, what the fuck? I go to the doctor and it's like, we need to do this and this and this and this. And I'm just like, really, dude? I'm going to deplete my dental in just like two days being with you. (laughs) That's literally what happens. So, um, but on that note, uh, I wanted to talk about something that, you know, I know me and you were chatting kind of about a topic, you know, for this episode. And I'm like, you know, what's a really good topic? And what I've seen right now, just in everything that's going on in the world is illusions. And in fact, I actually posted, I created a post. It's on my uh, personal profile for viewers and listeners about lies, about lies, how so many people are feeding themselves lies so they can, they can just have some instant gratification. You know, because here's the reality of things is, you know, you want to be delusional, be my guest. (laughs) There's a lot of delusional people out there, whether it's politics or health or renewable energy or whatever. You know, you want to be delusional. That's fine. Okay. But what really bothers me specifically is when people do create these illusions without actually questioning. Right. And I know me and you. So you're starting Truth Matters, which I'm really excited about. By the way, that's going to be like a huge eye opening thing for everybody, because I and I love the fact that it's called Truth Matters, because I know that now I've known you for what, probably a year now. Yeah, it's been been crazy. I know we've been doing the podcast for at least four months. At this yeah. point, I can remember, it's crazy how time flies when you're having fun, right? But yeah. Right. And so I know me and you have had discussions about truth. And I think that's really where, you know, that's why I thought about this topic. I was like, you know, yeah. how about the truth? Like, let's set political, health, fitness, renewable energy, whatever, right? Personal opinions, but find the truth, right? right? Let's find the truth. Let's find the truth because... Isn't it better to have the truth than to live in an illusion? Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's what's happening right now. You know, with the world is like, I mean, we're into a new year, you know, a new president, obviously, you know, there's so much going on with, you know, like climate change and such. And, um, you know, just economically also, a lot of people are questionable. A lot of people are like, what's it's 2021 going to be just like 2020. And honestly, I mean, I knock on wood, I was very fortunate in 2020. You know, 2020 was a was the best financial year, you know, for my business. But for most people, it was the biggest what the fuck year is what that was, you yeah. know, because a lot of people lost jobs. You know, right. uh, a, a lot of people face challenges, personal and business relationships, you yeah. know. And so but at the end of the day is like, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, because I know that you're a huge, huge proponent for truth yeah. and also finding that balance between your reality 
in the state of the world, right? Because we've talked about this in the past is like three different realities and the fact that we all have our own reality. And, you know, we choose that reality because we choose to live that life, live, live our life in such way. But I want to hear from more or less psychological standpoint, because I absolutely love that about you. Like you tend to go on the psychological path of really debunking the the thinking, the methodologies behind, you know, in this case is this, okay, you choose to live in an illusion or create an illusion for yourself. How is that beneficial, right? Does it do you any good? Well, I think people feel like it does. You know, so one of my favorite quotes, if people know Nietzsche is one of my favorite philosophers. Right. He said people don't want their illusions. Uh, they don't want to know the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. Mm. And and I think it's because their illusions are comforting. You know, people create their uh, perception of what is real in order to comfort themselves because they don't necessarily want to know uh, the truth, they don't necessarily want to live yeah. in reality because reality isn't always, uh, it, it's not through rose-colored glasses, you know. Some of reality is beautiful, but some of it can be pretty harsh. Um, yeah. And also, I think a lot of it has to do with that, you know, we have our worldview, and that part of that is how we've developed uh, coping mechanisms in order to navigate through the world. And, yeah. you know, to discover what might be a juxtaposition to the things that we have always believed to be true and to be real can be quite a shock to the system because now we have to brace ourselves and prepare for how do we cope with that. It's every, it shakes up our whole worldview. And that can be really jarring for people. How do they cope with that? How do they deal with, you know, now everything they once thought was real is not. Um, so right. a lot of people, they, they actually don't want to know the truth. Um, and so that's why a lot of times when you get into difficult discussions and conversations with people, they, sh they don't actually engage in discourse. They shut down the conversation. And they do that as a self-protection mechanism. And no. I think that's where a lot of it lies. You know, isn't that crazy, though? And, and I appreciate elaborating upon that because, you know, this is exactly the point that I'm trying to make is this that, you know, and, and I have different clients that now I'm, I'm seeing these illusions. Uh, literally, you know, we've got a solar client that a lot of people are just in complete denial about renewable energy. You know, they blame oil and, and they say that, you know, renewable energy doesn't work. That's like saying, you know, Tesla is a it's, it's completely, completely well, redundant. You know, a lot of that also comes from not, you know, having a full understanding. So people right. are very misled with renewable energy. You know, they think that that means that you don't use fossil fuels. How do you think renewable energy is, is right. fueled? <laughs> you know, so it, it doesn't, it doesn't mitigate the need or negate the need for uh, oil and fossil fuels. In fact, it ends up sometimes it ends up using even more. Um, and a lot of the problem mm. with the renewable energy is that, you know, it's just not very efficient. You know, we're seeing a huge problem in Texas currently. Uh, all those wind turbines froze. Um, so that that's not going to yeah. be an effective uh, source of energy. And I had somebody tell me, oh, well, you know, uh, in New York, they heat them. And I'm like, well, where's the power the electricity coming from then you know and even with a lot yeah. of the renewable sources they're electricity powered so that comes yeah. from what that comes from the grid right who controls the grid that that's a, a government controlled energy source and it is fueled by fossil fuels because where do we get the energy for electricity you know there's certain um renewable energy that is uh that can be effective like right. solar panels but you know you're in today was the warm day 30 day 30 days <laughs> but even in california where it's sunny most of the time solar yeah. energy is actually not always all that efficient and it, it can be quite mm -hmm. expensive you have to harness that energy and then you still have to hook it up to you know power source so you know, I, I think there's just a lot of confusion on what it actually means. And I could go into, you know, we could have a science conversation about that. I could go into sure. more science behind it, but that would be a much, that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, but I think 
it this the same is true for anything you know people yep. have their perception and instead of really digging into what the truth of it is you know they're they're projecting onto it you know it sounds great well we'll use renewable energy and you know that that makes me a good human because i care about the planet well what does that really mean and it, right. you know, what is the problem that you're really solving and are you really solving that problem and a lot of people don't want to look at that they just want to pat themselves on the back you know and say well i use renewable energy and therefore i am a good person i care about the planet um right and that's right well, you know, I brought up solar because uh, I'm using it as an example, but a couple of things that you mentioned is, is that, you know, solar really is in its infancy. So it's an alternative option for renewable, but set solar aside for a second. One thing you said that is principally true in anything is, is that people just don't have a stronger sense of optimism to question more because it's easier to assume, like you said earlier, is just that they would rather believe their own version of the way things are because it gives them comfort. Because like you said, the truth hurts. And honestly, I've learned this the hard way. This is why I actually brought this up as a topic is because when I was in my 20s is that I chose to believe whatever I wanted to believe. And I thought that the world and, and my life which, which are kind of kind of different, actually, because my life is my life and then the world is the world, right? Is that the way it should be? Like, just because I had it implanted in my head, you know, like we talked about this in the past. I think the grass is red. Guess what, Ivan? It's fucking green. It's always been green, you know? But you know what? I'll implant it in my head and say, you know, the, the grass is red. I don't care what you tell me. It's fucking red. It's bright red in my eyes, right? And so principally that statement right there the people will choose to believe what they want to believe. But there's also a difference between, and, and me and you are these people that are, we're still optimistic because mm -hmm. we seek the truth. We don't, we don't say, well, I'm just, you know, going to believe this because I want to believe that. And that's my way. And that's it. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. That's the way it is. Cause I believe that the grass is red. I don't care if you tell me it's green, it's fucking red. Okay, it's that simple. And, and that's just said principle is like people, I feel like, why do people choose to believe what they want to believe in? Is it just for the sake of comfort to say that, okay, I feel good about myself believing that? Yeah, I, I think some of it is comfort. I think some people, you know, people are motivated by different things. Some people, you know, have a, a need to be right. Um, and so it, it they, rather than discovering what, might actually be correct mm -hmm. they, yeah. they dip their heels in and becomes a, a cognitive dissonance and they have to prove you know that they that they are right and they're not willing to let go of the possibility they're not willing to discover the you know be in pursuit of the truth because that opens up the possibility that they could be wrong um and that could be uh, very devastating yeah. for somebody who has a really strong need to to be right all the time their identity is wrapped in being right um yeah. So, yeah. And there are a lot of people who are like that, you know, that's, that's where their identity is. And it's very tied to this need to, to be right. And if you're, if you have a strong need to be right, you're less likely to uh, be inquisitive and be open to the possibility that you could learn something because, you know, learning new things might prove that you actually didn't, you were wrong, you know, that things might not be quite what you thought yeah. they were. No, that's just it. You, you said the word inquisitive. I think that's key is because, I think it's a shift of mindset. I think, you know, like you said, being more inquisitive is also can create more opportunities for you. It can open more doors for you because if you question and I've become a proponent for that, I'm one of those people that, okay, I've got something stuck in my head. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, again, using the terrible example of grass is red versus green. It's like, I even woke up this morning and thinks the grass is red, but someone's telling me, no, Ivan, it's green. I'm like, Really, is it green? Show me how is it green, right? But it's that initiative right there, right? That is, I feel like it's a mindset thing, or is it? Is it willpower? Is it? Is it intent? Is it curiosity that really drives to question? Because if you question, mind you, I'll be the first to say that I've probably made a shit ton of mistakes, and I'll make a lot more in my life and in my business. But the one mistake I will not make is to be a lifelong learner, because I know there's always something for me to learn. Now, as long as someone comes and says, okay, 
Here's the factual proof behind something. You know, here's how the grass is green and why it's green, right? You might think it's red, and then I'll look at it. And even then, it becomes a decision about, do I choose to believe what I want to believe, right? Or do I accept the fact of how something is because you just can't change it? The grass, I mean, you can dye the grass a different color, I guess, or throw a seed that's a different color. Sure, you could do that. Absolutely. But then it changes the status quo, right? So, and I think that with everything, whether it's renewable energy or, or it's politics or, or anything, it's like, principally, it's the same. But, you know, it's so mind boggling that people will choose to believe what they want to believe, rather than accepting and saying, I'm wrong, admitting that you might be wrong. Right? Or, or even being open to the discovery. I, I yeah. think that is a probably more important than being right or wrong is that discovery process. You know, I, I look to science as the scientific method, I think is often misconstrued by a lot of people. You know, mm -hmm. that a lot of people think, you know, when something is scientific or scientifically, uh, they, they always talk about scientifically proven, but anybody who is a scientist knows the first rule of science, or the first law of science is that nothing is actually proven. Um, you know, there's a hypothesis, we test it, and then, you know, there's uh, evidence to support it. And until more evidence comes along to disprove that whatever theory or hypothesis it is, you know, it remains still, uh, you can say, you know, a largely substantiated uh, theory. Um, yeah. You know, and we, you know, there are certain things that we obviously have a lot more evidence to support than others, and they, they become, you know, kind of like the laws of science. Um, but, you know, people know that, that that's the whole premise behind it, is that you're always right. in every right. process, and there, there's always the possibility that more evidence will come forth to disprove something that you, you know, vehemently knew to be true. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that if we could, as uh, humans, you know, in because I think we're all engaged in the scientific process, you know, uh, right. scientific method, if you will, uh, just by nature of our experiment of life. I, I think if we could own that more and harness that more, then people would be, you know, really more open-minded, more uh, adamant in their pursuit of truth, because then you, it, it doesn't say that there is no, I, I, absolute truth it doesn't mean that there is no reality um right. but it means that you're you look for evidence there's to support whatever it is that you believe and it, you're also open to the possibility that you don't have all the evidence because that's not possible as human beings yep. we're not capable of knowing everything or even having access to, to the knowledge of everything so yeah you know, we're always yep. in discovery um, and I think it's the balance between that. You know, that doesn't mean that you believe in nothing. It means that you have spent time, you know, uh, collecting data to affirm your beliefs. And you also realize that there's more that you can learn. Yeah. No, I, I really love the fact that you said discovery. I, I think that's a key, key element that a lot of people need to understand how, how important that is, is to continuously discover, you know, find supporting data because data does, you know, dictate factual proof, right? Um, or evidence, like you said, specifically to, um, to uh, solidify, you know, your line of thinking, your argument. And, and I think arguments, you know, here's one thing that, you know, I haven't talked about. I, I actually have become to embrace arguments more and more, you know, yeah. from, from people in general. And I embrace them is because they, I think they open up a door to new perspective uh, and the potential opportunity for exposing, uh, you know, more factual information or finding actual evidence. So I think uh, what I wish there were more of is people... Uh, actually making compelling cogent arguments. You know, mm -hmm. I, I see a lot of people, uh, you know, arguing and clashing. I see a lot of that. Right. There's not right. a lot of actual dis discourse. And, you know, putting forth an argument in the traditional sense is making a compelling, convincing case. That's what an argument is. When you think of it in a, a debate or, you know, in a courtroom setting, that's what an argument is. An argument isn't just name calling uh, or, you know, shutting down a conversation. 
Uh, that's not an argument. That to me, that that's ending an argument. That that's right. a way to shut right. it down. Um, I would like to see so much more of you know, like the Socratic method, that discourse, the dialogue going back and forth between people, and I think that that is a way for truth to be revealed, uh, and for people to ask questions and for people to engage in, you know, that yeah. your thought process is uh, formulated largely by creating the argument. So by having to uh, explain to somebody else, you know, and formulate those words, that right. helps you to think. It helps you to be a, a more clear, concise, and uh, coherent thinker. The same thing when you write. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't, a lot of people aren't very clear in what their thought is. And I think that's part of why they cling to uh, things that might be illusions uh, because they're not, they don't have clarity of thought. And so yeah. that's, that can be overwhelming and discombobulating and, uh, you know, it can leave you feeling filled with despair. And so they cling on to something that may be an illusion. They lack their own sense of clarity. Um, yeah. But if people were more open and engaged, actively engaged in the process of discovery, then I think people would have more clarity of thought um, and, you know, at the same time, be more open to uh, that thought being changed. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, and I think, again, talking about, you know, illusions here in this episode is the fact that a lot more people need to be open to conversations because, like you said, you know, I, and I agree with you, argument is having a discussion around it, but most people aren't willing to have those discussions because they're so dead set on their own personal beliefs and they have personal vendettas against, you know, most people actually put up a shield and say, you know, uh, you're not going to prove me wrong. Well, you I know, think, they're just in denial. <laughs> I think argument is uh, making a case. That That's what an argument mm -hmm. is. Uh, so what I was saying is a lot of times people think argument is just shutting down the conversation. Uh, which, you know, it, I think it's really the opposite. It's about presenting a compelling case. And that can open up discussion uh, because then somebody else can come with, if they have an you know, opposing viewpoint, they can present their argument. And then I think that ups the ante, right? That becomes yeah. a you know, competitive in nature in a positive sense of the word. Both, both parties are then forced to elevate their ability to communicate their viewpoint. And they're also forced to create more clarity um, in you know, articulating their viewpoint. And to me, that's what real argument is. It's make, presenting a compelling cogent case. Yeah, exactly. No, I exactly, I agree. And you, you actually, I, I think you polished it the way you explain is making a case for the argument being making a case. Can I, I make a case for what an argument is? Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, you're making a case for the argument. Well, the argument is making the case. So, yeah, <laughs> right. But, no, that's a really good point is because, you know, I think a lot of people want to shut down the conversation because of, you know, an illusion that I want to create or a personal belief. They want to hold on to. They want to hold on to their illusion. So they want to shut down the – because they don't want somebody else to present a compelling argument. So right. they're, holding, they're clinging to their illusion – so that they don't have to explore. Yeah, no, that's just it. That's just it. And, you know, it's saddening because, you know, when I look at hum humanity, you know, as a whole, really, is that, you know, everybody talks about unity and peace and, you know, freedom and all of this. And I'm like, okay, well, stop living in an illusion, you know, be more optimistic and, you know, willing, be willing, you know, one of the biggest things for me personally that I have learned, uh, you know, coming from like my 20s and now being 41 too, is this that, you know, I should look for when people prove me wrong. And, you know, I, it was, I guess I had sort of a very self-righteous approach when I was younger. And I don't know if it was because I was uneducated or I just chose to live in such state because it made me feel good as a human being. It gave me some comfort, you know, it created some peace in my life, whatever that peace was. But being proven wrong, I like that is because new information is being presented to me to overturn my line of thinking. And that's actually an evolution for me. 
Because if someone comes and says, again, terrible example of the grass, right, and proves me that you know, the grass is really green, but I've been thinking that the grass is red for the last 20 years, right, and they come and present a case, so they make that argument, right, and they show me that's indeed that way, I'm like, oh, I get it now, you know, but people won't, there's a lot of people that won't do that. They won't take the time to do that because, again, that's where, like you said, there's that clash of disagreement and shutting down the conversation. So I think what's interesting, you, you talk about optimism, and I think that a lot of people want to live in a world of illusions or, you know, fantasy, if you will. You know, people, yeah. and, and an example of this is people who have utopianistic uh, beliefs. And I, I think that that, the reality is that leaves people with a sense of despair because utopia, literally the definition of utopia is nowhere, nowhere land, right? Yeah. So it doesn't exist. It's not real. And I think that people who are uh, very caught up in their fantasies and living in a world of illusion often end up filled uh, with lots of despair and despondency because it's unattainable. You know, it's like a perfectionist. Nothing's going to be perfect. And so they're always frustrated because everything's subpar. But people who are realists have an opportunity to be much more optimistic because if you're grounded in reality, you already know things are flawed. The world is flawed. We are all, as human beings, flawed. Uh, the societies we live in are flawed because they, they're comprised yep. of humans and we're flawed. But that doesn't mean that there's not room. You know, the great thing about being flawed is there's always room for improvement, right? So, yep. and that's optimistic. The fact that we can grow, that we can evolve, and that we have something to strive towards, that's, you know, very hopeful. Um, and that's the very definition of hope is uh, knowing that you have power over changing something, you know, and for the better. And so I yeah. think people yeah. who are, so it's kind of a, a misconception that people think that, you know, living in fantasy or holding on to their illusions is going to make them happier when really it makes them more, it, they're more prone to be depressed and filled with despair because it's unattainable yeah. and those yeah. aren't real. And so they'll never achieve it. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say was in terms of like, holding on to a belief that could be wrong and thinking that, you know, you're just happy in your ignorance is bliss, right? Uh, you could be told, right. uh, like, a piece, you know, they could have uh, ingredients on, like, a packaging of, uh, I don't know, like, a candy bar. And, you know, you could be reading this thinking that it's uh, filled with all these great nutrients, but the reality is it's not, and it's still not doing you. Yep. So if you thought that it was so you thought that all these things were just like the, the perfect nutrients and you were going to constantly consume this, you'd be doing harm to yourself, right? Even though you you were led to believe and you hold on to this belief that it's all, you know, only good filled with goodness. Um, and I think that that's a problem when people are, you know, lost in their world of emotion. Yeah. No, I, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention, and you, you talked about this, that I think we as human beings want to be perfect. We believe that we're perfect, you know, and when someone tells us that we're imperfect, it's like, wait, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, it's like it's a, that immediate denial because let's face it. I mean, gro grow, growing up, at least I know growing up was like, I think there was a lot of denial. It's because there was the lack of questioning things you know, like you said, to be more of a realist, you know, to uh, than, than a pessimist, because honestly, someone actually called me out on Facebook, believe it or not, you know, this was like a few months ago and said, Ivan, you know, you can be very pessimistic. And I'm like, why did it call me a pessimist? And then like, I thought about it and thought about it. And I'm like, you know what? It's actually after I did some research around, it, I'm like, you know, it's our human nature to be pessimistic, but that doesn't mean that we can't change that. And even though I think I've made great strides of changing that, because again, growing up, I think there was a lot of denial, you know, and saying, no, you know, things are just this way. They're not that way, you know, and choosing to believe what you want to believe that it was very difficult to, to embrace the optimism. Right. And so when he called me out and I was like, okay, at first I felt offended being called a pessimist. That was the first reaction. I'm like, 
I am. I embraced it. I was like, I, I am pessimistic. It's in my human nature because pessimism in part is just that, you know, seeking that comfort zone that us human beings want to be in because we don't like discomfort. Most humans don't. We don't. It's because we like to live in our own bubble. Pessimism is uh, more uh, pervasive than optimism because uh, there, there's something, there's a principle called the power of the bad. Um, and mm -hmm. it's from uh, evolutionary biology where human beings are much more hard, hardwired to notice and to be in tune with negative things because yeah. we need to survive. So, you know, if you think about, you know, primordial man, then you know, he's going to be much more tuned in to the possibility of there being a, a tiger or a bear about to eat him than he is that, you know, yeah. there are beautiful flowers along the way. Not that yeah. it's not worth noticing the beautiful flower, but if he stops to pay attention to and prioritizes beautiful flowers over running from the tiger uh, or, you know, defending himself from the tiger, then he's not yeah. going to be around to smell those flowers. So... Yeah, it's it's called the power of the bad, and that's that's why I think I've talked about this before. Also, it takes uh, yeah. four compliments to outweigh an insult. Uh, the power, right, of the right. I was just thinking about that actually, as you were saying that, and the other thing that came to mind is just that you know, man, uh, man, and women. I think hunters. You know, humans are hunters in an essence, and I think being hunters is just that kind of comes comes from that you know, the survival that we were taught. So that's like when you said, you know, pessimism, that was a really good point, being more pervasive, I believe you said, mm -hmm. is because, you know, we, we were taught for survival. It's in our human nature. And so we look at, I think, you know, that pessimism comes out of that because mm -hmm. we're kind of hardwired in that survival mode also. Mm -hmm. And then so like immediately you think pessimistic and it's like, wait, is that really, should I really say that? So I've actually, you know, speaking of social media, actually specifically is that I've kind of developed this mentality in a way that it's like question twice anything you comment back to or anything you post. So I almost kind of reread my comments. I reread before I actually publish them or I make a post to say, do I truly feel like this or is this being very pessimistic, you know? Mm -hmm. Like it, it's kind of like almost like uh, one, one side of the brain and the other side of the brain, you know, the left side's thinking creatively. The, the other side's like, wait, no, let's analyze this a little bit more, you know, to see if it's like real. Does it really have merit behind yeah. it? But you made a really good point because and this is what I love about the psychological take on this is because, you know, in life and in business and, and I've talked about it a lot, a lot in some of the. Uh, uh, Roz Project Overdrive episodes as well is just that, you know, how much everything is really thinking the way you see things, literally, and how much how much thinking can change so much in your life and your business and relationships specifically. You know, I know being a father and being a husband also and being an entrepreneur, you know, uh, being a fitness aficionado, you know, like the more I think about it, it, it's all here. It's like how you. Is the first step towards action. You know, you, you have to mm -hmm. think it before you can uh, execute it. Uh, exactly. You have to have clarity. So yeah, the yeah. thought is really the first step. Yeah. But even so you said clarity, even then, that doesn't mean that, you know, the action that you're about to take is the right one. It's just one that you feel comfortable with. I think because here's the thing is, and I'm where I'm going with this is, is bad choices versus good choices, right? Mm -hmm. When you make them because they follow, you know, action after that. So you make those choices and then you pursue an action, but just because you make a choice doesn't mean it's going to be uh, necessarily good. It's going to, it might be a bad choice, right? But then you invoke it with an action also. And I think that's where people get this a little scrutinized because you said action is just that, well, not every action is going to be a good action. It's going to be a proactive approach, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's always good. I think that's where, like, all these gray areas, honestly, that you just mentioned, too, I think a lot of people just don't take strong acknowledgement of to realize how big of an impact they really have on our lives. I mean, I know... Uh, oh, my God, there's been so many different things, I think, in 2020 specifically. Like, I know when COVID hit, for example, as I was like, all right, I have really two choices. Let this thing, like, ride my life and destroy me 
or just really keep doing of what I've been doing, you know, just be proactive with my life, my business, you know, uh, I have to wear a mask at the gym, I have to do this, this, and okay, just follow, but just maintain my path, right, right. is maintain my path. And that's what I did, you know, and, and the results were significantly different. But the reason I'm mentioning this is, is that to create an example of how people need to realize that living in an illusion is not a good way to live a life, to run your business, to, to work in a relationship, you know? So I just want to address when you're saying like, not every action is going to be a good action, right? So a lot of times people uh, hold on to an illusion so they don't have to take action. You know, actions will prove uh, whether or not that illusion, uh, a lot of times, I mean, not always, but a lot of times that, a illusion can be disproven by the action taken if somebody is willing to take ownership of their actions. Um, yeah. But that, yeah. that that is how we learn, and that's how we, um, you know, uh, that and oftentimes that's how we solidify uh, those thoughts that we have is through execution. So yeah. I think, yeah, well, of course, our actions aren't always going to be uh, good or not necessarily good, but the yeah. right ones, you know, or the best ones. Um, but we, we won't right. know until we do. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I want to leave it on that note. You you said it beautifully, you know, and thank you for elaborating upon that. You know, I, I again, I, I think the psychological aspect of everything is so key and you have such an amazing angle on it, you know, uh, a very optimistic, very realistic, you know, take on it. And uh, I think more and more people, you know, really need to take example of the things that, you know, we, you specifically have, have shared in this episode. Um, with that being said, you know, I want to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Again, for those watching and listening, uh, you can grab the audio on all major platforms later on today. Mondays and Fridays, you can find the Roz Project live on every major video platform. And then every Wednesday, there's also the Roz Project Overdrive that now is streamed as well uh, in video and available in audio. So you get three doses of the Roz Project now per week. Holy crap. That's a whole lot of content. Courtney, thank you so much as always. Beautifully, beautifully said. The perspective is amazing, all on point. And there's so much truth here that I just hope people are taking notes. Wow. So thanks again, Courtney. Uh, look forward to doing the next show and have a nice day. <laughs>